to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat, and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 83, and today's episode, Problems Making Friends, is in response, direct response, to a listener question. Let's hear Leslie's question read by my wonderful PA, Heidi. I have agonised for years about my eldest son, who is now 15. He's a very likeable boy, has a kind heart, but never seems to have friends outside of school. He's leaving his school next year after his GCSEs, but I don't think he has any friends he'll stay in touch with. He just doesn't have confidence in initiating social get-togethers. I'm trying to encourage but not pressure him, but it's starting to worry me hugely. The thought of eight weeks without him seeing a single friend is a problem, and I know he'd love to see some friends deep down. Last summer was exactly the same. Dr Maryhan, am I worrying too much? What an incredibly honest question. More please do send in your questions just like Leslie has done. And what an incredibly honest question. And also one that I suspect a lot of you listening to this can kind of, it will resonate with you in some way. And my simple answer, Leslie, is I can completely see why you could be worried. You don't need to be overly worried. Although there are some things you could do to help if he's being held back by fear. So this week's episode, I'm going to talk around six aspects, six areas around friendships and what we can do to support our children, which hopefully Leslie will answer your question directly, as well as helping the rest of you in terms of how can we help and support our children, whether it is that our child is like Leslie's in terms of them, well, from our perception, feeling quite isolated and not connecting with their friends. And hopefully this will answer the question. If it doesn't, then do email in. Um, And if you have a question, having seen that we answer these and that I do answer them as often as I possibly can on the podcast, then do write in with your questions. Heidi will record it for you and I'll answer it directly. So I think, first of all, let's get a bit of context into this notion of friendships, because I think it's really important that we understand friendships are a crucial part of our children's social and emotional development. It's part of them connecting to like-minded individuals and in lots of ways is around how they kind of build their tribe, people who are like them. What we do need to remember is that our children are likely to find other people like them at different aspects of their sort of schooling time. So I've got very, very fond memories and still got huge connections with the friendships that I made at my secondary school. I don't really connect with as many people from my primary school, so up from sort of 5 to 11, as I did from my 11 to 18. So there are, and I'm not unique in this, in that you will all, as adults, if we think as parents, where do our close friendships come from? They'll come from different sort of ages and stages of our lives. I've got lots of sort of friendships that I've made through my children's school as well. So we also have to remember that our children, obviously, while while they're at home, we really, their opportunities for making friends are around their school and also the activities that they have. So we also need to remember that there may come certain periods of time in their lives where they are more likely to meet other people like them. So let's just sort of put that context there to understand it and the other aspect that we need to kind of bear in mind is that the friendships look very different nowadays to the way that they would have done when we were younger 
Friendships, certainly when I was younger, we didn't have tech and we didn't have devices. You'll be listening to this and you'll be parents from when you were younger. Tech and devices were there, but not in the same way as our children. So we have to recognise that when we're an observer of our children's social interactions, their friendships, whether they go out, whether they don't go out, whether whether they go to parties, play dates, depending on the ages of our children, is that it is going to look very different to the way that we our friendships and so we have to be mindful that we don't make assumptions about where our children are at with their friendships and their social connections because the template that we're measuring it against is a template from our childhood from the period of time that we went through and that we haven't sort of done the system or the software update to look at it in within the context of the 2020s that we're living in. So that's the kind of backdrop. Let's launch into my six points. The first one is that we need to ask questions to gather information. Let me explain what I mean. So what we want to understand is what we see on the surface with our children, we then are looking at making judgments. So Leslie, I'm going to be referring back to you quite a bit. But when we look at the surface of Leslie's son and for any of you that are kind of looking at it from the perspective of yours when you look at that it may well be that we have someone who isn't going out for parties or maybe they're not arranging to meet friends so that's what we're making that judgment on but unless we ask probing questions and not in an interrogation format although I'm sure none of you would do that anyway but we want to just probe and we want to ask questions because it may well be, for example, that our children are have connections with their friendships. They are connecting with them. They are checking in on how they are and they've got those really solid connections, but they look different to what we'd expect. So they're not going out, but they're messaging constantly in a way that's appropriate for them. And we're going to look a little bit more at that when we get to sort of uh, point number five but we just need to to ask some questions and gather information because what we want to work out is is their social interaction one which they feel happy about do they feel that they're missing out do they feel they're losing out on connections would they like things to be different and at what level have they got those connections already that's what we're really trying to gather but it's you know i talk about it quite often in different aspects of things that we look at but we almost want to do an audit through probing questions let's just find out what is the starting point what have we got at the moment in terms of our children's interactions and their friendships so we can understand where we're starting from we can't help support our children if we don't actually know what the root issue is or where the starting point is so it's about asking questions i've noticed that you don't go out very much um, to meet up with friends in town or that you don't go to the cinema very often or you don't make plans outside of the home in order to catch up with friends do you catch up with them in other ways it's about just having those conversations and I notice that is one of my favorite sort of introductory lines because rather than it coming from that why do you never go out with people everyone else your age should be out partying and enjoying themselves and you're stuck indoors all the time or something of that sort of ilk doesn't kind of elicit or create an environment that encourages our children to talk and particularly not our teens because they've all they're already then on the defensive so let's just start that conversation let's get a bit of information gathering you know I've noticed that you come home from school 
quite often um, and you'll say that you've not you've been playing on your own in the playground or that nobody wanted to play with you so we're just starting that conversation so we can get that base so that's the first thing is let's just get some data let's gather some information that's number one number two is then and the rest of these are not necessary in any a specific order but the next one is about it may well be that we need to help build our child's confidence if and this goes back to the point that I made earlier on Leslie is that if fear is holding back our child from initiating a conversation with someone in the playground or initiating a conversation via messages or initiating that kind of planning to meet up then that's something that we can really help our children with we can help build that confidence around that and that's where you're going to get you'll gather that information from those questions that you get so it may well be that actually there is no issue but it could be that one of the reasons why they're not going out or not making plans or not meeting up with people or that they're saying that they're playing in the playground all on their own at break times is simply that they don't have that confidence they haven't practiced they can't find their voice it's that initiation piece that they're really really struggling with and actually that is something that we can help we can help them practice that so in that gathering information if we then sort of uncover that a big part of it is that they really want to be part of that group at break time they really want to be go to that activity or they really want to make plans with people but they just don't know how to do it and it could be a confidence thing around the physical sort of making a phone call or sending a message or they're getting caught in their internal chatter around oh god what if what if i go up and ask this somebody if i can be included at break time in a game that they're playing and they say no what if i reach out to somebody to try and make plans to go to the cinema and they don't reply or they say that they're busy so it's about helping build that confidence and part of that is is really a case of practicing so we can do role play you know, with our children, and it doesn't matter how old our children are, we can role play that initiating, you know, swapping over, we can be the other child, um, as well as our child playing their own role, but then we can swap and we can role play being our child, and they can role play being the other child if we're talking about break times. But we can also have conversations with our older children about sending those messages, and how they might be able to initiate something at school, about making plans and then follow through maybe when they get home in a message. So it's just building that confidence through conversations and practice. And a key component to building that confidence is to discuss with our children what is that internal dialogue? What is that chatter? What is the thing that is holding them back? What's the story that they're telling themselves in their head about why they can't make that initial contact? Why they can't initiate those conversations or initiate those plans? Because it's really crucial that they understand that those thoughts, yeah, when we're looking at that cycle, those thoughts create these feelings of anxiety, of worry, of fear, potential rejection that then impact our behaviour or our children's behaviour, which then feeds back into this thought. So it's helping them recognise that their thoughts are simply thoughts, they're not truths. And how can they look at it in a different perspective? And how can they construct their own little mantra that helps them overcome that fear and to initiate those conversations and it may well be that it they might need to take small steps they may not be able to take the bigger leap of initiating a planning 
to meet somebody or, or initiating that play at school but just by making eye contact and smiling and saying hello might be the beginning if they're doing that regularly of beginning to build their confidence changing that thought and those feelings and behavior loop so that they can then do something else so the first one is you know we need to ask questions so we can gather information so we can see what that baseline measure is where are they at what assumptions might we be making that they're unhappy and actually they're perfectly content and keeping up with friends in other ways the second one is about building confidence if through that questioning and that probing we work out that actually it's a they have a fear of initiating play or initiating conversations or making plans the third is about understanding the factors which make a good friendship and let me explain to you there's a there's some general distinctions around what boys and what girls value and what they seek out in a friendship now there are a huge amount of individual difference on individual differences on top of that but broadly speaking boys value friendships that are based on fun so that's when they're looking for friendships they're looking for friendships that give them that fun and that laughter girls typically seek out friendships where there's an an element of intimacy of sharing secrets of conversations it's about that sharing and that vulnerability so those are the general characteristics so if we have a son for example who is saying that they have got lots of friends who they meet on while they're gaming and they're on a game that's within appropriate kind of restrictions and that they you know appropriate boundaries it may well be for them that is a friendship because they're having fun that's what they value more than anything else they don't value that level of intimacy and and sharing secrets and that those discussion points that it's just not a part of what they're interested in so for our child for a child for a boy who may not be going out very often and making plans and meeting up with people or going on play dates, but is connecting virtually through games, that is an aspect of a character of a, of a friendship that they value. Now, I'm not saying that therefore we shouldn't be encouraging our sons to then actively seek out other friendships in other ways. Hundred percent, we do not want really. I don't think it's adaptive for anyone to really only interact with friendships virtually because. The world in which we operate in is a much more personable and in 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 sort of in-person school um, and environment and other things. But it's just being able to recognise that they may have less desire and motivation in order to push themselves out of their comfort zone because they're already ticking the box of what they value within friendships. Girls will naturally can communicate via technology as well and electronic devices, but they're probably more willing and more motivated to connect externally with others because of that. And as I say, it's not to say that we, we accept that these are gender differences and that's the end of it, because you'll have some girls who will value fun more than anything more than that connection and secrecy and and you'll have boys that value that vulnerability but it's being able to recognize broadly that our our sons and our daughters value different things from friendships that's the kind of the first bit but there will also be other characteristics around friendships that are it's really important that our children understand in order to encourage them to go out there 
and kind of initiate these things, but also to ensure that our children are making the best possible friendships that serve them and that they are around like-minded people. And it's crucial to remember that our children are going to naturally be slightly different in their behaviour around their friends than they would do with us. Because quite often, you know, I talk about this idea that we have multiple roles as parents. We're a parent, but we're also potentially a sister or a brother. We're a daughter or a son. We're an employee. We're a manager. We're a, you know, shopper, chauffeur, problem solver, whatever, cook, cleaner. All of, We take on multiple roles. Our children are exactly the same. And so the child that they are to each of you as their parents will be different. So they will take on different roles. They'll be different with different friends. They'll be different with their grandparents. They'll be different with any aunties or uncles. They'll be different with teachers. So it's being able to recognise that our children equally adapt and modify and take on these various different roles as well. So it's being able to recognise that it's helping them to be able to see What are the friendships that really nurture those? What are the qualities that they seek out that are important to them in a friendship? And also, what are the qualities that they give as a friend? And being able to recognise that it's about trying to get a bit of a, a, a match of those, but really trying to help them understand what those core qualities are rather than what they think other people will want from them. And that will change at different periods of time. As our children get into those sort of more teen years, maybe 11, 12, 13 upwards, they, you know, part of that is that chameleon-esque aspect of them is likely to become much more ingrained because they want to be accepted. And so you may find scenarios where you see your child in a particular situation and you're thinking, gosh, they're just not being themselves why can't they just be themselves and people will be able to see how wonderful they are and that is absolutely true it's just remembering that it comes from a place of fear and a desire to be accepted younger children are less vulnerable to that they tend to present who they really are but it's just being aware that our children will go through those various different stages so it's important that we understand that there are going to be differences in what our children value in terms of friendships and what they actively seek out and then having conversations with them about the qualities of a really good friendship what does that look like what do they believe it looks like so that they can then make sure that they're pursuing and actively seeking out people that that are in line with that because that's part of their kind of their, their own morals and their values around friendships so that they actively seek out and have people in their world as part of their friendships that serve them you know it goes back to previous episode where we've talked about green friends and red friends green friends are the friends that after an interaction with they feed your soul you feel incredible and elated and you don't change who you really are at your core because you never fear being accepted by them because they accept you as who you are a red friend in lots of ways makes you feel awful about yourself afterwards because you've not been able to be who you really are so you've had to change the way that you behave because you felt that you couldn't really be accepted by them if you were your true self So the third one is about these factors which make a good friendship. So the first one is about making sure that we ask questions so that we can gather information. So we understand actually what is the situation for our child. 
The second one is if through that information gathering process, we work out that they're really lacking in confidence around initiating play or initiating plans that we can help and support them with that. And it's also being able to understand the factors which our children will value around friendships will be different based on their gender and they will be different again based on what our children, part of their own characteristics and what they value. So those are the first three. Let's look at the middle, the next three. And number four is about helping them find like-minded friends through common interests. And this is this idea about we've ultimately... We sort of we are the result of our five closest friends and the best way for our children to meet like minded people is for them to be truly honest with themselves for a start. But it's about them doing things which interest them. So if they are somebody who's a real absolutely adores reading books, then it's about encouraging them to go to places or take on activities where they're likely to meet other people like that. If you've got a child who is really physically active, who absolutely loves playing sport or a particular type of sport, they are more likely to meet like-minded people if they're doing uh, activities which involve that particular sport. So if you've got a supremely creative child who's into amateur dramatics or theatre or singing or or musical instruments that's where they're going to meet like-minded people now we only have a certain finite amount of time we only have a finite amount of resources so it's about being creative about where we can find those opportunities if you've got an active child and you've got a playground near you or a sort of a, a green space where you can go and kick a football or hit a tennis ball or whatever it might be, your child is likely to meet other people in that like-minded or joining specific after-school activities. But it's really helping our children find these like-minded friends. Now, of course, they're going to make friends naturally at school due to where they sit and, and what they like to do at break times. But beyond that, in terms of really helping them connect, and particularly with Leslie's question, when we get to older children... You know, if we've got someone who loves computer programming or gaming, can we find aspects of them in the sort of the um, in-person world as well as the virtual world, which allows them to meet other like-minded people? So it's really trying to get a real essence. And again, we'll get that through asking questions and knowing our child is how can we try and put them in front of so that they can bump into and they can see and they can meet people who are going to have similar interests because that's where those sort of that they're going to be amongst their tribe now that is not to say that you can't be supreme best buddies or great friends with people who you know it has to be someone who's similar interests of course it isn't we often if you think back on your at your friendships you'll have lots of friends who have very different interests but if we've met those, there'll be a, there'll be some commonality. I have a commonality with the parents of my children, of you know, parents of friends that my children have gone to school with. So that's the commonality. Our children have been at the same school, and then we'll be very different in other areas. So it's just being able to find ways of a common ground, whether that common interests or common geography, to at least begin to give them that piece, and then. There'll be differences in other areas, but it's really if we can help our children be around like minded rather than trying to kind of 
And it's not that we'll force them, but trying to encourage them, them to do things that fundamentally are not things that they're particularly interested in. I think that that's really crucial. So ask questions to gather information, build confidence if it's around initiating those play or plans, fat, you know, understanding the factors which make a good friendship, helping our children find like-minded friends through common interests. The fifth one is supporting the way that our child likes to socialise. So this goes back to your um, comment, Leslie, um, but also for all of us as parents, is being able to recognise, which we would have done from our gathering, our information gathering, is that how your child likes to socialise may well be very different to what we expect them to socialise, what that looks like. Some children will, socialising is summer holidays, Christmas holidays, Easter holidays, my goodness me, I need to get hold of everybody, I need to meet up with people in person. For others, that socialising may well be, may take other forms, may take, actually for them, the way that they socialise is very much at school, and they, they see outside school as very much just, st- just staying in contact virtually. So it's about being able to recognise what does socialising look like for your child and helping them, supporting that. And then if it is aspects, you know, if through our information gathering that they're saying that actually they like to do it digitally, but through our probing questions, we find out that actually that initiation that getting together is something they'd really love to do but the initiation is something that they fear then we can build confidence so all of these interlink because if you if your child is truly feeling that they're connected with their friends and they feel supremely comfortable in that and they're genuinely not missing out and we know we've got that instinct when we start asking our children these questions then that's great because what we're going to do is we're going to accept and support the way that our child likes to socialise. But if it isn't, and that actually what the level that they're at in terms of their socialising with friends isn't quite where they would like it to be, then we can support them by helping build that confidence. So that's number five. And then the final one, number six, is helping our children connect with their own judgment. And I think this is such a crucial one. It goes back to confidence but it's about helping them connect with their own gut instinct when they're making the judgment about what makes a good friend and what doesn't make a good friend. Because they know, we we can so often be instinctive. I can still remember my mother when I was younger and her saying to me with certain friends at secondary school, they're going to be a really good friend. They're not a really good friend. And of course you get, when you're a teenager, you're supremely defensive. How can you say that? They're so lovely. They do this, they do that. But you know as a parent, you just have this instinct because we've lived, we've experienced the the Toms, the Sophies, the Harrys, the Henrys, the Williams, the Kates, whatever it might be. Goodness me, a lot of those names were quite royal. Apologies. But we just instinctively know and our children do too, but they quite often don't trust their instinct. They don't trust their own judgment because again, it comes from this idea that they want to be accepted, they want to be part of a group, they want to be liked. And that doesn't mean that we're encouraging our children to disconnect themselves from certain people and cut people off. But it's about helping them go back to this notion of their red friends and their green friends, the friends that feed them and and nurture them and make them feel great and who they can be supremely who they are around 
are the ones that we want to encourage them to spend more time with. And the red friends that make them feel icky afterwards or they feel that they can't be their true selves or they have to they have to justify what they're doing or be a different person those are the friendships that we want to encourage them to sort of take or leave a little bit more and and actually invest less in and part of that is helping them with that real judgment of knowing who they are and knowing which friendships serve and which ones don't so let me just give you a quick recap the first one is about asking questions so we can gather information The second is about building confidence around whether that's initiating play or initiating sort of making those initial connections to make plans. It's understanding the factors which make a good friendship and how they differ depending on our child's gender and also the characteristics which are important to them. It's helping our children find like-minded friends through common interests. It's supporting the way that our child likes to socialise rather than how we would like to see them socialise, but really unpicking that to make sure that our child is socialising at the moment the way that they truly want to. And if there's a lack of confidence in in any area, how can we help them? And then that last one is helping our children connect to their own inner voice, their own inner judgment, that gut instinct that they have around those particular friendships. So Leslie, I hope this answers your question. And for those of you where, because friendships can be a real challenge for us to know where are the where are the lines as parents how involved should we be how you know how should how much should we stand by the sidelines how much can we give guidance how much should we be directive this hopefully gives you a bit more of a framework in terms of supporting your child around something that is such such a crucial aspect of their lives which is this friendships and my give this week is going to be these six strategies in a checklist with some space underneath so you can reflect and consider what aspects of these am I currently already doing and I feel I'm doing well where might the gaps be what might I start with first so it serves as a reminder but also a tool so you can practically use it so as usual head over to my free resource library drmaryhand.com forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource All you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access not only to this week's resource, but all the other free resources across all my podcast episodes. As ever, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time.